for all of your Wisconsin Badgers news from the recruiting trail, on the field, and near the rim. This is the Badger Blitz Podcast. If you want to be a Badger, just come along with me by the bright shiny light of the moon. On Overtime Media. Welcome everybody to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Of course, brought to you by, empowered by Overtime Media. I'm Jake Okorowski. We got John McNamara here on the line and a lot to get to. Even when, gosh, we were just on a couple of days ago, but with so much news breaking on Monday, uh, Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Monday evening, John and I wanted to break down just what happened uh, before it doesn't become news anymore. So uh, we will talk about the Quintez Cephas situation. Uh, him, as if you have not heard, he is reinstated, not just as uh, you know, a UW-Madison student, which was, according to the university, effective immediately. He has rejoined the Wisconsin football program, in, according to a UW release. And then on top of that, he wanted to come back to Wisconsin. So We'll talk about the ramifications of what happened on Monday and what's next and what impact he can make on this team, both on and off the field. But first, we're going to talk about kind of the more recent news, if you will, and that happened on Monday night. After all that, John Aaron Witt commits. He flips his verbal from Iowa to Wisconsin. And before that, he was a previously even a Minnesota commit, three-star recruit, 5.6 rating, number 38, strong side defensive end, has 11 offers. I mean, in your eyes, uh, and you knew about this earlier, uh, and of course we waited for Aaron to publicly announce himself, uh, but you heard about the bat signal going out this weekend too. You know, what is Based off his skill set, You know, where do you see Wisconsin projecting him to play once he gets to Wisconsin? Yeah, he's he's kind of got an interesting story. You know, you talked about you know being committed to Minnesota, being committed to Iowa, and obviously now to Wisconsin. Um, you know, when he backed away from that pledge to Minnesota, uh, you know, I guess one of the next recruiting moves that he made was to camp at Wisconsin. And you know, when you started to gather information about him, then you kind of found out that you know he was very high in Wisconsin, and in that if you know Wisconsin were to offer that you know, that's something that he might jump on. Um, and then he went to Wisconsin's camp and I, you know, I expected him to work at the defensive end. And, um, you know, when I was there, he worked, I would say almost exclusively at outside linebacker uh, with Bobby April. And right at the end, they took maybe a, a couple reps with Mickey Turner at tight end. So um, I guess that was a little bit of a surprise because you look at his junior tape, um, you know, he plays almost exclusively at defensive end there. That's position Iowa liked him at. That's position Minnesota liked him at. But, um, you know, Wisconsin saw something in him where they thought that he could play outside linebacker in that 3-4 defense. Uh, you know, someone on our message board asked, you know, exactly how tall he is. Uh, you know, he's been listed at six foot four On Rivals, we list him at six foot five. I talked to his coach today, and he said he was 6'6", 230 pounds. Uh, so he's – you know, I guess he's tall enough. I guess we'll see exactly what he is when he when he arrives on campus. I think you know it might be safe to say that he's six foot five. Uh, but you know, he's he's a big kid for to be a high school kid to project there. Um, and I know we've talked about that before, Jake. Uh, you know, those I don't necessarily want to call them tweeners, but you know, you recruit guys that are big outside linebackers. Do they stay there? 
they grow into defensive ends. You know, we talked about Keldrick Preston and, you know, a few other guys before of guys that mm-hmm. you know, just couldn't find a fit there. Um, he'll start at outside linebacker. You know, there's a chance he grows into a defensive end. There's a chance he could play tight end if he needed him to. But, uh, you know, I, I think Wisconsin saw enough of him, and I guess you have to trust that evaluation at camp, that they feel like he can come in and be a big, long, you know, I don't want to say run stuffing, but, I mean, they, they feel like he can do all the things that they want their outside linebackers to do. Otherwise, they wouldn't have offered. Right, and that that's the intriguing part. And, of course, you know how Wisconsin – really looks after, you know, recruits and how they study and they, they do their background uh, check in terms of, you know, and just watching film too. So it will be interesting to see just, uh, you know, how it pans out for wit. And you've seen on badgerblitz.com folks where, you know, John talked to his coach, as he mentioned earlier, we have a commitment one-on-one piece as well that was put up earlier today on Tuesday. So make sure you guys check that out. But when it comes to talking about you talk about the projections and where he could or could not play. Do you see anything changing with this commitment for the rest of the 2020 class for those that Wisconsin are still working to recruit? No, I don't. I, and I think, and I wrote in the commitment one one piece that, you know, I really think that this was a situation where the attrition on the current roster opened up a spot for wit because, you know, he went to camp and he didn't come up with an offer immediately after camp or during the camp. Like, uh, a few other guys did in the month of June. Uh, this came a bit later. This came after the news of Skyler uh, Myers entering the transfer portal and Griffin Grady, uh, you know, having to leave the team uh, from the current roster. So I think this is a situation where in June when he camped, Wisconsin said, hey, I think they had Herbig at the time. I could be wrong. But you know, I think Nick Herbig was committed and then Caden Johnson was still out there. And they said, you know, we're looking to take two. We don't have room. Attrition on the roster a couple weeks later gives you room open up at outside linebacker so you can go on you know that next up I guess and uh, that was you know evidently Aaron Witt so I don't think it changes much Caden Johnson is still uh, you know arguably Wisconsin's top target still remaining he took his official visit in June uh, and he's a guy that you know they'll take anytime that he's ready to commit regardless of the numbers I mean he's that important to them. He's been one of their top targets, you know, really from the start of this 2020 class. So um, I don't think it changes much in the outlook. I just think another spot opened up and they need help at outside linebacker. And they think that's where Witt can can provide the most help there. And so uh, when it comes to, and obviously Wisconsin now has 13 publicly known verbal commitments for the class. Uh, there appears to be, and John, correct me if I'm wrong, there is still one more bat signal yet to be publicly heard or public, you know, you have not seen that Batman, if you will, uh, the Badger signal, Badger boys, 20, that signal went out a few couple weeks ago now. And we're just waiting for that commit to publicly announce his decision. If I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, that's correct. And I, I touched base with two sources and I said, okay, just so I'm accurate, does this mean that you guys are expecting two new guys in this class? And I asked if, you know, number 13 was, you know, who a lot of people thought it was, and do you consider him a commitment? They said yes, and then Witt was 14. So, uh, you know, in my book, Wisconsin right now has 14 commitments, and most importantly, in Wisconsin's, you know, book, a recruiting board, they have 14 commitments right now in this 2020 class. So, you know, if, I shouldn't say if, when, uh, you know, number 13 decides to announce, uh, we'll be we'll be ready, we'll be waiting, 
but I'm not sure a timetable there. Um, but I, I really don't think it's anything to worry about. I, I can tell you that the Wisconsin staff uh, certainly isn't worried about it. So um, I, I know fans are eager to to get that you know kind of put to bed and, and have that name released. But um, you know it's it's our policy to let the recruit do it if if that's what's being asked of us. And that's the situation we're in. I, I would expect it you know it to happen soon. But again, it's it, I I would just say that it's not anything to to be worried about or concerned about. They're not in a position where He's wavering at all. It's just it. It we're just waiting for an official announcement from that kid, right? And I'm sure we'll do another podcast when we hear about that public commitment being known and disclosed to, like I said, to those on social media and other places as well. So make sure you guys go to badgerblitz.com once that news hits. And of course, we'll probably have another episode too here on you know the badgerblitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. But now turning, we talked about recruiting. For a little bit, we're going to end the show with some talk about 2021 class uh, in terms of men's basketball recruiting and Cade Meyer. Our Grant Matheny uh, had an article about him uh, that was published earlier today on Tuesday. But first, uh, and the biggest news uh, I would say this week, uh, a lot happened yesterday. Badger Blitz was down at the Madison Municipal B- Building at 4 p.m. for the Quintus Evis press conference. Why was there a press conference? Well, Earlier in the day, UW-Madison released an, a statement saying Cephas was reinstated uh, and you know the expulsion was lifted and now he you know was coming back as a student effective immediately. And so after that, we had heard about a press conference at 4 p.m. at the Madison Municipal Building, like I mentioned previously. I was down there. You heard from Quintus Evis. He said that his plan, essentially, he wanted to come back to Wisconsin as a student and wanted to rejoin the football team. Well, after that press conference, which was about six minutes, UW, you know, UW Athletic Department comes out and states that you know he is officially a part. He has officially rejoined the football program and that they are working through eligibility issues so that he can participate in a game. So that was a lot to digest in one day. And I know I was typing my fingers off and and trying to get audio and video, all that rolling up. Uh, You know, I guess the next thing, John, uh, with this news, Wisconsin, he, today he was on the Wisconsin fall camp. I don't know if I I can't call it the fall camp roster because we're, those practices are closed, but he is on the online roster for Wisconsin. If you guys go to uwbadgers.com, I guess, is it what's next for Sevis? Not mistaken, it's get those eligibility issues cleared up so that he can get on the field in the game and contribute to the team. Yeah, and that's an answer that I know that you and I were talking about. We were trying to, you know, get the, you know, the exact steps needed to be taken or the exact, you know, things that he needed to apply for. Um, so I guess, you know, I don't ever think it was, that was going to be a hurdle about Wisconsin accepting him back. I think Paul Chris made that very clear that, you know, should he be readmitted, he was more than welcome to, to join that team. And, uh, you know, I, I guess the message across that football team and the program was that, you know, if it's the right situation for Q, that, you know, they'll welcome him with open arms. And I think from the start that, you know, Quintez wanted to come back to Wisconsin. I'm sure he had other options out there, but I really felt that, you know, if he were 
admitted back to the school, which he was, that it was his full intent to come back to Wisconsin. Um, I, I think you could see by the support he had from his teammates that, uh, you know, he was, you know, very well liked and very well respected in that locker room and, you know, very much a leader uh, of that group. So, you know, obviously that his teammates made it a point to support him throughout this process and the coaching staff is vocal about it. Um, you, you know, the relationship that him and Ted Gilmore have. So I, I think that it was, you know, always the plan to come back to Wisconsin eventually. Now, what needs to happen moving forward? I guess I don't know. Um, you, you know, I know that there's something in terms of his eligibility and, and the credits and making sure that timeline is all set. But um, if I'm not mistaken, he was an all-academic Big Ten kid uh, as a freshman and as a sophomore. So, you know, obviously he wasn't able to take classes at Wisconsin this this past year. But I would imagine that his credits are pretty well in order. So, you know, maybe it's just some paperwork that needs to get cleared. Um, but I would imagine Wisconsin is doing everything at its end to expedite that process. And then, you know, the other part of that is he f- is in football shape. Uh, y- you know, the stuff that he's released and, you know, the stuff that we've been hearing and the time that he's had, you know, being away from the actual football team, you know, he's said that he's been training, you know, day in, day out. You know, that's what he's been doing with his time. So I would imagine he's coming in at, at in, in very good shape now. You know, obviously, I think it's going to help when he starts to, you know, get the pads on and, and take his first hit. But uh, I don't see that as being a big issue. Um, I, I think, you know, when you look at a guy like Xander Neville coming back, I think that's a longer road in terms of, you know, what he can do physically than it is for Quintess Cephas. I think once he gets a couple practices under his belt, once he gets hit for, you know, the first time, I, th- I think he's going to come back. Uh, and, and be, you know, really the player that he was when he was a sophomore. He kind of exploded onto the scene. Yeah, and I think it's going to be something to watch uh, in terms of, you know, when he's able to get on the practice field. Uh, you know, we we still don't know, and we've been trying to confirm. We don't know yet exactly. Uh, you know, he they're working to get him eligible to play in games, but is he eligible to practice right now? Is he able to? At, you know, that was one question there uh, that we're hoping to, um, you know, tomorrow on Wednesday, there will be head coach availability with Paul Chris. There will be player availability with Garrett Groshek, Jonathan Taylor, Chris Orr. So I'm sure we'll hear a little bit more there. Uh, it, you talked about the conditioning and the football shape. Uh, if he is in that, be- you know, in that in football shape, like they had said in that press conference last week, that will be that obviously helps him. Uh, you've seen those videos on Instagram and him training, and it will be interesting to see how long it takes for him to get onto the field in a practicing capacity compared to, like you mentioned, I think you had a good, you know, good uh, breakdown there with Xander Neville, where he, you know, boom, both players did not have summer conditioning with Wisconsin. And now, you know, Neville's obviously coming back off of that, uh, you know, off of his injury, which cost him the rest of his fifth uh, year at Wisconsin. So um, we'll see how fast uh, Cephas, you know, gets available to play at the, you know, to practice. And we'll see how fast he can get onto the field uh, and whatnot. And I guess that kind of leads into the next question. If he, you know, if those eligibility issues are cleared up, what, could be his impact on the team. We'll go. We'll go on the field first in offense. Uh, in your opinion, John, what do you think? You know, you saw what he did as a sophomore: thirty catches, five hundred and one yards, sixteen point seven yards per catch, 
six touchdowns, which even missing a good chunk of the final third of the year was still led a team in touchdown receptions. And I think he placed third in, in receptions that year in 17. If he can get back to being in the similar phase as he was, where he became Wisconsin's number one receiver, what is his impact on the offense with what they have right now with Jonathan Taylor, the other wide receivers, and even now uh, the emergence of Jake Ferguson? Yeah, it's huge. Uh, you know, you, like you talked about, he was arguably Wisconsin's top receiver before he went down with that injury. And, uh, you know, if he cut, I shouldn't say if he comes back, when he comes back, uh, I think that gives Wisconsin its most talented group of receivers uh, at least in the last 10 years. And, you know, that's really since I, uh, you know, 11 or 12 years ago, I started covering the team pretty closely. Um, you know, in, in that amount of time, I can't think of a roster that had this much talent at the receiver position. You know, obviously you got, you know, I'd say you, you feel real good about four guys right now uh, with probably Krumholtz being the fifth, uh, you know, with, with Pryor and A.J. Taylor and Danny Davis as, as three, you know, legit Big Ten playmakers. And Jack Dunn's having a good fall camp. Uh, you know, he's a reliable guy there, you know, arguably the best blocking option out of those four. But then you put Cephas in the mix, who's maybe the, the best playmaker out of out of the entire group when he's, you know, healthy one and, you know, when he's, uh, you know, I guess up to full speed, uh, which we expect him to get at some point. So, um, you know, obviously, yeah, I would sure Jack Cohn loves this news. Uh, you know, a guy like Jonathan Taylor has to love this news because, you know, if Wisconsin has those weapons at, at receiver, you can't stack the, bu- the box as much. And then you have another, like you said, Jake, another big-time tight end receiver in Jake Ferguson. So um, this just gives Wisconsin another weapon on offense. And, you know, it's, it, it, it would just be a huge addition to a group that's pretty solid already. One note, too, with Cephas and his blocking, where remember the Big Ten championship game in 2016, which I know probably some Badger fans don't want me to really recall after Wisconsin blew the lead that they had. But on that long Corey Clement touchdown run, was it like 67, 69, 70 ish yards? Cephas was that lead blocker down the field to help spring him get into the end zone. And so I think that's another aspect of the game for Cephas there. I do wonder, though, you know, it, it's you and I have talked about it. I've written about it on Badger Blitz, John, where the receivers and the quarterbacks all got together during the summer and they worked together pretty much every other day during the week outside of summer conditioning. So they're doing summer conditioning and then this extra work, working on routes for the receivers. They're working on their releases and and getting off the ball off the line of scrimmage, you know, and so they're working on chemistry. So I wonder with Alex Hornibrook now at Florida state, and he was the main quarterback in 2017 and six of Hornibrook's 25 touchdown passes went to Cephas. Uh, I guess, uh, you know, do you feel like there could be obviously a period of time too, where he's going to have to work on chemistry with Cone or, you know, if Cone for some reason is now, you know, is not QB one, uh, either Graham Mertz or Chase Wolf. Yeah. I, th- I think there's definitely a, an adjustment period. Anytime you, you know, you, you have a new quarterback throwing to you or a new quarterback is thrown to a new receiver. Um, but I, you know, I don't think that's going to be that big of a hurdle. Uh, again, I, you know, you would imagine that a guy like Cephas is able to click with just about anyone, uh, you know, with the talent that he has. And, um, like I say, I think the, you know, uh, the, the biggest thing I think for a situation like this would be, you know, how would, you know, the locker room respond? And I think that, you know, we've seen, 
you know, an overwhelming response of, Hey, we want this guy back. And, you know, obviously he was, he's, was roommates with, with Danny Davis. So you would imagine those two are close and AJ Taylor came out in support of him. And uh, Jack Dunn posted something about, you know, Quintez coming back. So I, you know, I think that it, it just helps that much more when this group says, Hey, you know, we want this guy back. And, you know, it doesn't really seem like guys are worried about where they might now stack up on the depth chart. I think it's just, Hey, this is one more weapon. And this is one more guy that's going to help us win football games. And so with that too, Let's talk about off the field and uh, in in the locker room with Cephas. You saw the support. There are about 17, 18-ish players with that press conference. Not this, not not on Monday, not, not yesterday, but on August 12th, last Monday. You, you know, that included Jonathan Taylor, that included Jack Cohn, that included Chris Orr, who spoke on behalf of the players. Reggie Pearson was there, Matt Henningsen, Tyler Biotish. Uh, I saw John Chanel there. I think Leo Chanel was there too. Um, you saw the support there. You saw the letter from the players to Chancellor Becky Blank asking for the reinstatement there. And you heard and you mentioned it previously, John, in this podcast episode about how Paul Christ and, and others said if it was best for Quintez Cephas to come back to Wisconsin, they would welcome him back. And one note from when it comes to Cephas is that, you know, Paul, Paul mentioned about him being a connector and I have verbatim, you know, basically a, the transcription from Garrett Groshek when he was asked about that, you know, just a, you know, a few minutes after Paul talked and basically asking how he was able to connect with the players and uh, Groshek basically pointed out, you know, if anyone's ever talked to Q, you notice that his personality and his smile and his laugh are very contagious one of the nicest people that you'll meet. And that's the reason why guys gravitate to him. And it ends up being a connector where you got a whole bunch of people that want to be around Q because usually he's smiling and laughing. That just brings more guys together. And Groshek mentioned that he was one of, you know, he felt that, you know, Quintez was one of his best friends, uh, that Cephas was one of his best friends. And so it sounds like in the locker room, um, there there would be an impact there as well. Yeah. I, I just think that, you know, from, from what we've talked about, what we've seen, it's, you know, that, that the locker room's going to welcome him back. And I think he's an important part of that locker room. And I, I think he was, I, I would, this is me assuming, but I would assume that he tried to keep as many of those connections going and that he could with, with the guys on that team while he was away. Um, you know, I don't think that he just cut ties. I think that a lot of guys stayed in touch with them. I think a lot of guys, you know, probably told him to keep his head up and this is going to work out. And, uh, like I said before, I think that he'll be welcome with open arms in that locker room. And, you know, he'll add something to that. Like you talked about being a connector and, and being a, a guy that, you know, people trust and come to and uh, be a leader of this football team at some point. And now, I mean, timeline just for in terms of when he, you know, he could make an impact. You know, John and I, I think you can agree with me. Both of us don't know when those eligibility, I mean, we for sure don't know when those eligibility issues will be taken care of or resolved or when he's a, you know, if he, if he is clear to play, uh, you know, based off of that. So we don't know any timeline as to when a decision will be made about that. Uh, but you know, it will be interesting. Wisconsin obviously plays on August 30th. That is a week and three days away from, um, that and so I think it's going to be very you know like I said we'll we'll watch the timeline there 
and we'll see just when you know he's able to get back onto the practice field when he is able to go out and you know be in a game if if he is cleared to play uh, you know based off of those that statement from UW so um that you know we'll obviously let everyone know breaking news once we hear that uh and I'm sure that'll be a topic of conversation coming up tomorrow when we talk to to Kristen and others so when does he catch his first touchdown pass before week four or after week four I still say week four now are you saying week four Michigan because Wisconsin has a bye right yeah they got they got South Florida yeah I'm saying okay game four game four I mean, if he is cleared to play, you would think that he'd maybe work with within the offense and going back to that topic where, you know, you say that he would probably work his way back up in that rotation. You know, he'd arguably again be in that top four at the very least, probably top two uh, with that receiving core. And maybe they'd work him back slowly. I'll say after game, I think after the fourth game, I think they'd probably work in a little bit slowly. And depending on how, I mean, one thing too, AJ Taylor, Danny Davis, Kendrick Pryor all had really good fall camps, in my opinion, especially mm-hmm. Pryor, who took advantage of a lot of reps. So I'll say after just based on the fact of, like I said, he still is not cleared to play yet. They're still working through those eligibility issues. Depending on when he gets more comfortable, when he gets into football, if he's if UW deems him as in football shape, and then on top of that, uh, working back in with the offense, I'll say after week four. What about you? Huh. Um, I don't, yeah, I would just because we don't know a timetable, I would have to say after, but I think that we see him. Oh man. I was going to say that he travels to South Florida, but does not play, but sees his first game action against central Michigan. But again, we're what ten days out from the opener, and we don't know yet. Right. So I don't know. I'm gonna have to say after after week yeah, four. Uh, that's what I would say too. I think both Cephas and I think Xander Neville. We don't obviously. We I'll ask Paul tomorrow about that. I'll try to just to see about the update and the status for Neville if he's returned to practice and how long that timeline will be for him. If there's any updates uh, in, in regards to that, but. These two players that had a very prominent role in the offense in 2017, two years later, I don't know if we'd ever think about hearing about this where after everything that's happened, now you're having those two come back to the offense and uh, could provide an even bigger spark. Uh, Neville will be much needed when it comes to that tight end group that right now is Jake Ferguson and likely an extra blocking tight end in terms of an offensive lineman or or even a fullback helping out in that regard because of uh, Luke Benchwell being out with that right leg injury. We still don't know officially how long on that, but also Gabe Lloyd's out for the rest of the year. Boy, Warner wasn't on the 110 roster. So those two could come back and uh, make an impact at some point this season. Uh, and, and obviously Neville too, he's still working through issues. To, I mean, there's some paperwork, I think or waivers that need to be filed for him to actually play in a game too. So that's another thing to consider. Uh, so a lot of what ifs, but of course, turn to badgerblitz.com for more coming up whenever news does break there. So you know what, John, let's take a quick break, come back, and then we'll wrap up the show talking about Cade Meyer 
2021 recruit and his relationship with Wisconsin. This is the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. Thank you all again for tuning in to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, powered by Overtime Media. John McNamara is with me. I'm Jay Kokorowski, wrapping up another edition an impromptu edition kind of on our end with so many so much news breaking. But one thing we did want to talk about, we talked, you know, earlier this week, we spoke about and analyzed the commitment of 2021 forward center Chris Hodges out of Illinois. And Grant Matheny, one of our Badger Blitz writers, does a great job with basketball recruiting. He spoke with Cade Meyer and John, let's talk about this a little bit where, you know, there's some attention possibly coming from Wisconsin about this in-state kid from Monroe. Do you feel this Monroe native could catch Wisconsin's eye into an offer possibly? Yeah, I, I do, especially in a class in this 2021 class where you have so many spots available. Uh, you obviously have a commitment from Hodges, like you mentioned, but, uh, you know, on paper they have, you know, potentially five more spots. Now, I don't think they'll use five more spots. Uh, I, I think this could very well be a five-man class. So, you know, you're potentially looking at four more spots. But, uh, you know, Meyer's really intriguing. We got a chance to see him at Wisconsin's advanced camp in June. Uh, you know, he's a great athlete. You know, he's a high jump champion uh, at, at Monroe as a sophomore. Uh, so, you know, that he's, you know, an athletic kid who can obviously jump pretty well. Um, and then had a really good spring and summer with the Wisconsin Playground Club. Uh, which is an AAU program that Wisconsin has, you know, very, very good ties with. Um, so, you know, in a class like this where, you know, you have some spots and you could take a guy uh, with some intriguing upside, like a guy like Cade Meyer, um, you know, maybe it makes sense at some point. Uh, you know, right now, like we said, we have Hodges. Uh, you, Wisconsin has Hodges in the mix. Um, obviously, they need a point guard, so a guy like Chucky Hepburn would, would be huge for them in this class. Uh, you know, Julian Roper is a big-time target for them as well. And obviously Matthew Moore's uh, the power forward from South Dakota. Uh, so, you know, I think those those guys that we mentioned are all very realistic guys right now that they could land who have offers. You know, you could probably throw Logan Duncan in that group and potentially Jackson Grant. But, um, you know, I think if, if Wisconsin can see a little bit more uh, from Cade Meyer, and he, he said basically just that in the interview that, uh, you know, he thinks an offer could come if he continues to, uh, you know, not only play the level he's at, but, uh, you know, expand his game a bit more. So, uh, you know, with his size and athletic ability and, and kind of intriguing upside, you know, it certainly wouldn't surprise me if at some point Wisconsin did come through with an offer. With that, folks, we got a lot more coming up on BadgerBlitz.com. This week, obviously, I will be down there at Camp Randall Stadium for player and coach availability tomorrow, Wednesday afternoon. Uh Tons more coming. I still got to write up some stuff about Reggie Pearson, hopefully. Uh, great interview with him last week. Hopefully I can get that going by tomorrow or Thursday. John, what else you got going on uh, You know, for the site, and what should fans expect from us? Yeah, today's what? Tuesday? Tuesday, Tuesday yep. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to roll up some more football stuff. Thursday, I will be at Muskego and Marquette. See uh, Hunter Wooler again, Sean Timmis, Riley Nowakowski, and uh, you know, and there's a lot of other guys too. I mean, those those two programs are loaded, so I'm excited to get out there. Friday is still uh, TBD. I know that you're headed to Brookfield Central. 
So your buddy coached for the first time as the head coach at Brookfield Central. Um, I will find a game to go to. I guess if you have any, you know, big time suggestions, you can hit me up on Twitter and let me know where you'd like to see me at. Uh, but yeah, that one's still up in the air. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, this week has gone, you know, pretty quick so far, and uh, you know, it'll it'll finish off with some some more football from your coverage, and then with some high school football as well at the end of the week. And I'm, I'm definitely excited to get out to see some games uh, for the 2019 season. I was going to say too. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Nellis, my old, or not, he's still not, he's not an old friend. He's my current friend, but of course my co-author for walk on this way had, you know, going to catch his first game as head coach at Brookfield Central. I think that's Thursday. Uh, we'll be down there. Uh, I'll see if I can get down the field for a little bit and, and whatnot. Uh, but yeah, you'll be out there at, at, with the Mosquito game Marquette. That's going to be big uh, high school football starts up and, I know next week I won't be down anywhere because I'll be actually be in Tampa for the football game for Wisconsin, South Florida. But uh, stay tuned, folks. We got a lot coming up when it comes to coverage, both high school for recruiting for in-state kids. Also, you know, of course, college football. Uh, we got so much coming for you. Uh, we're I'm extremely excited, and we'll probably you know well either later this week or maybe Sunday we'll get a podcast going to get kicking off your week getting ready for wisconsin south florida so much coming up on that note where you can find us for all this information go to badgerblitz.com or wisconsin.rivals.com if you want to also facebook where we post our stories wisconsin badgers on badgerblitz.com for twitter handles you got john at mcnamara rivals me at jake coco and of course the official badger blitz account at badger underscore blitz and then for this podcast, right? Feel free to give us some reviews, help us improve our product. We want to make this the most Badger centric podcast possible, and we want everyone to enjoy it. We love feedback. We've incorporated some of the feedback already into the show. So keep it coming. We'd love reviews. Keep this show popular. Uh, Five star reviews are great. We want you guys to be genuine, though, uh, but help us continue to promote this podcast to be uh, one of the best in covering your Wisconsin Badgers. So on behalf of John McNamara, this is Jake Okorowski. We'll talk to you guys later this week or early next week on another edition of the BadgerBliss.com podcast powered by Overtime Media.